Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Tribune Audio Network. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Powered by the Quad City Moms blog. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. We are on a mother level right now. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is Stephanie Bowens Rivera. And should we call you the Quad Cities Marie Kondo? Uh. Are, are we comfortable with that? What, you know, okay, I'm pretty what, humble, so. Okay, so what do you think of Marie Kondo? Okay, so Stephanie has a style and organization business, and we're going to talk all about it. But I feel like when people right now think of organization, they automatically go to Marie Kondo. Did you ever watch her show? Actually, I didn't. No. Do you know her whole like philosophy, her whole shtick? No. Okay. So her whole thing is she is about decluttering by getting rid of stuff if it doesn't spark joy. Have you heard of this concept before? Okay, well, it sounds like something I just made up in my head. Truly. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, because um, your your method doesn't feel all that different. No. It's, but I feel like yours is a little more refined, too. I, yeah, I would say that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, but Marie Kondo says you're supposed to pick up, like, let's say, like, a candle. Okay? And you're supposed to say, like, does this give me any joy anymore? Right. Yes. And if it doesn't, you're supposed to get rid of it. It's like, does it bring you joy? Does it bring you function? Um, does it, does it have anything left for you? And if it doesn't, you're supposed to thank it for the role that it's played in your life. And then you're supposed to get rid of it. And so oh. you're supposed to, you're supposed to let it acknowledge the role that it's played. And then you remove it from your life. So that shirt that you haven't worn and the tag's still on it, you're supposed to say, thank you. I appreciate you. I'm sorry. I never wore you, oh but gosh. it's time to move on. I love that little ending part because I'm definitely all about like the good vibes and energy of things. Yeah. But I've never thought about saying, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. The one concept of hers that I think is really um, useful is the concept of even if I never wore you shirt, uh -huh. you have taught me that I don't like shirts like you. And so I'm not going to buy another shirt like you. So it's like, okay that you didn't <laughs> wear it because the lesson is that that shirt and the type of shirt does not work for me. And thank you for teaching me that lesson. Oh, so interesting. Do you think Marie Kondo was totally off her rocker? I truly don't. <laughs> I really don't because us humans are just so complicated that I think we definitely need closure on every situation. Yeah. So even though it's just, it, it seems so simple, like clothes, we need closure. And that's why a lot of these clients find themselves in those situations yeah. with an abundance of items from many, many years ago because they can't say goodbye. Right. Because they don't know how. I right. like that. I like that. Okay. So we're going to get into your method here in just a little bit. But um, so before we get into our like wins and losses for the week and stuff, um, just let's, let's have people get to know you a little bit. So you have a business called Simply Stephanie. Yes. Tell me what that business is all about. All right, so I offer um, closet organization, closet edits, and styling. And then I recently added um, styling for like virtual. So if somebody doesn't live around here, I can do it virtually with like a PDF file and send them their way. Um, and then I also recently added um, packing bags for trips. Yes, so we mentioned this in the last podcast. Yeah. This, is, this is a genius service that you have. 
Yeah. And, you know, I've always um, thought of myself as a pretty expert packer, honestly, um, you know, because I'd just been kind of going on trips by myself for a while. And uh, then when I started this business, I thought, you know, there is actually people struggling with this. Yes. And that's where I can add a little extra there. Yeah, so. you bet. And so you're going to give everybody a little bit of advice towards um, a little bit later on in the podcast. But I want to start. OK, so you have a little boy at home. Yes. And this is his first year of kindergarten. Is that right? Yes. So yes. how's he doing in kindergarten? He's doing really good. Um, you know, he's had what is it? Goodness, two years of preschool. Um, and then, yeah, so he's had kindergarten. So it's been a really smooth transition, I would say. Plus, it's the same kindergarten I went to. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it's like I didn't really need a tour or anything. It just felt natural to say, okay, have a good day, and it's really safe. And the only comment he had was, um, you know, they don't have toys. Oh. Yeah, so the kindergarten's a little bit different than when I went to kindergarten. There was still centers and play areas, but now it's a lot more focused towards learning. I mean, he's already got homework every day. Wow, Um, let's get down to business. Exactly, Mm -hmm. and you know, I like it. I do like it because I feel like kindergarten, it's a better intro for when they go into first grade. Yeah. That was his only complaint. Other than that, (laughs) he's doing great. You're like, well, mom, they don't have toys where I go to work either. I know, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, do you want to give us your um, your on a mother level moment from the week? Tell me how you took it to a mother level. Okay. So the other day, me and my son, he really loves enjoy cutting watermelon with me. Um, it's a little tedious to let him put his hand on top of mine and help yeah. him cut it, but he feels super. He feels really grown. So I let him do it, and um, we're we're chopping it, and he goes, "Mom, where did you learn to do this?" And I said, well, you know, I, I just taught myself, you know, once I learned how to yeah. cut. And he says, gosh, how do you know how to do everything? Oh. And it just made me think, you know, <laughs> he truly thinks I am this amazing, perfect person. So it goes to show me, even though, you know, we can get hard on ourselves on situations as being a parent, that yeah. it just showed me, you know what? He's not noticing those little things. Mm-hmm. He sees me just cutting this watermelon and he's like, you're fantastic. You can do everything. <laughs> so I just thought that was like such a great yes. mom moment. That is know? a good mom moment. Yeah. Did you ever think about how you assumed when you were a little kid that your mom or your dad like had everything figured out? Yes. And then like 100%. Now, and now you realize that they were making it up as they go along oh, like yeah. you are? 100%. <laughs> yeah. I, I always remember, you know, just feeling like, gosh, my mom was so tough. You know, and now we have talks now and she's like, oh boy, no, <laughs> I was not tough. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. So, um, I'm going to say, I mean, it didn't go great. So, but I'm going to still call it a win for this week. So I like when I feel like I've taught a lesson that's, that hits home, even if it, even if it was hard on the way. So this weekend, Abram had his first little like birthday party that he was invited to and not where like I was invited and then he got to come, but like he was specifically invited. So we, I went and got a present for the little boy whose party it was. And I was going to wrap it up, you know, out of his um, sight because I thought, oh, you know, he's going to really want this thing. I know he's just, it was this big dinosaur and I knew he would really want it. And I was going to cause a huge trauma. And then I thought, you know what, like three, he's almost three. He's old enough to understand, like, we got this gift for someone and we're going to give that gift to our friend and we give it to our friends so that our friend is happy on their birthday. And so as we're wrapping the gift, he was furious and screaming and why isn't it my birthday? And I wanted it to be my birthday. And he's so upset about it. And I just kept saying like, think about how happy he's going to be when he opens this. Cause we want to make him happy on his birthday. And I mean, I don't really think it sunk in, but I still feel good about the fact that like, that there was a little bit of a teaching moment there. And it was like, here now you walk up to him at his party and you tell him happy birthday and you hand him the present and then everybody feels good. Yeah. So anyway, teaching moments, I think, are always mom wins when you can find that little nugget of a moment to teach generosity and gratitude and how to make other people feel good. So he was 
furious that we gave uh, Grayson the dinosaur, and he didn't get to keep the dinosaur. Don't get me wrong. He is still angry at me to this day, but I still feel like, you know what? I could have done this the easy way, but I didn't. I wrapped a present with a two-year-old screaming at me about how he wants the dinosaur. So noted, I got to go get a dinosaur for his birthday. <laughs> okay, so my, um, my fail for the week, my, um, my little loss here, just happened this morning because I took both my kids to stroller strides class, which we try to go to every now and then. And so I've got the kids in the stroller, and I brought a little, um, my littlest guy, my seven-month-old, has been eating out of those little squeezies. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, and he's yeah. really good at it. And he just like sucks the food out of the squeezy instead of having to do the, the spoon to mouth thing, which is a lot harder to do when you have two. So I let him suck on the squeezy for a little while. And then when he was almost done, I noticed he had squeezy all down the front of his shirt, which of course, didn't you put a bib on him, Denise? No, of course I didn't. So he has squeezy now, which is like strawberry banana beet all down the front of his little onesie and I look in my purse and of course I don't have um, a baby wipe because why would I bring one of those and I'm in the middle of this workout class and I can't just let him sit there covered in strawberry banana beet so I and if you're listening anybody who was at stroller class with me today I realized that I could have asked any one of you for a a baby wipe and you would have given it to me I realized this but instead what I decided to do was take a quick jog to my car which was just not far from where we were working out and I searched in my car and all I could find to wipe him up with was a maxi pad (laughs) oh so I took that pad and I unwrapped it and I scooped (laughs) scooped strawberry banana beet (laughs) and I rolled it up and we were back on our way to class so that's why you keep spare pads in your bag not for lady incidents but for squeezy incidents cotton's cotton (laughs) 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 so you know you could argue that that was taking it to a mother level you could argue however i'm going to call it a fail just because that moment i thought before i was packing up my kids to go to the class i thought do you have baby wipes and then i went what am i going to need one for anyway Yep, I've been there. You know, where you're like, what are, what are, when, how easy would it have been just to throw them in my bag? But Absolutely. instead I was like, I'm good. I don't need baby wipes. Who needs baby wipes? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your turn. Did you have a loss for this week? Yeah, definitely. And it was a little sad, um, but it was definitely a, um, a nice refresher of it. My son that day, I, you know, typical day, pick him up, we're getting home, it's rushed, get some dinner together, and he's all excited, he's home, he's ready to hang out with me, ready to play, mom, mom, come do this with me, come do this with me, you know, he likes to play school, so he wants me to come be the Aww. principal for a little bit, and I'm like, <laughs> so the principal's cooking, so if anyone wants to come in here, you know, no, he wants it his way, and I said, we well, have to wait, I'm cooking, and um, there's a lot <laughs> of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... And uh, so then it's then it's time to eat. So then we're eating, and there goes his little you know thing. It's still on hold, and um, so then we get upstairs for what we call our quiet time, where we just relax, watch a little TV, and he just looks at me at the end of the bed, and he says, "Mom, do you like playing with me?" I just oh, God. melted. I froze, and I stood there, and I was just gave him the biggest hug and I was like of course I do of course I do I love playing with you and I just explained to him you know sometimes when mom comes home from work there's a lot to get done before we can play together and it did definitely open my eyes that he does notice those things you know now where I have to like put him on hold a little bit I don't think it's necessarily to where I need to say all right let's stop dinner let's let it just burn like let's go play no you know they need to be patient but at the same time I need to do a better job with picking up where he left off or yeah. wanted me to play with him. So it was a little a little heartfelt, but yeah. it was definitely an eye opener and it's definitely one of those things where it hurt his feelings. Or no, I'm sorry, it hurt my feelings before more than it hurt his. Sure. So Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Your son sounds so sweet and so sensitive very, and just like very, and, yeah. and very communicative too with his feelings. Yes. Yes. We're definitely a, a, a feeling. Oh, I think <laughs> we that's definitely sweet, express though. our feelings there. <laughs> All right. Let's express our feelings on our moms in the headlines. Because I feel like 
I feel like people had a lot of feelings about this story when I posted it to my Facebook page. So here is the headline. An Iowa mom, comma wife and lawyer, works as a prostitute in Nevada as a side gig. Okay, so she's from Des Moines, an Iowa woman. She works part-time as a lawyer in Iowa and as a prostitute in Nevada. Okay, so a lot of people were pretty worked up about this, partially because she's married and partially because she has a young baby at home. So basically, the gist of the article is that three years ago, she started working as a prostitute in Nevada, where it's legal, in brothels, and she spends three weeks on the road in Nevada, and then she comes home for one week to be a lawyer in Iowa. Yes, yes. So, I mean, this one, this one was pretty controversial because I feel like the main question everybody had was, why does the husband allow it? Is that a judgmental question or is it like, I mean, does, does the husband have to allow it? I don't know. What are your thoughts? So, I mean, I think that's a natural thought for us to have. I think as humans, we have a natural habit to just immediately judge somebody or, um, you know, think, well, why, you know, but then you kind of have to realize like, to me, that's not me. That's not my yeah. wife. That's not my husband. It's just, if that works for them, you know, so be it. If it doesn't work out for them later, that's them. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think it goes to say that she's not a good mom. I don't think it's to say she's not a good wife. You know, if the husband's okay with it, that's, yeah. that's them. That's just kind of how I feel. Well, yeah, and interesting note, she was working in this capacity when they met. Not not that not that they were clients of, of each other, but but I'm saying that he 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 knew it going in, I guess, that this was a part-time job of hers. Yeah. Um I mean, it's interesting, it's, it isn't is it? It's definitely intriguing because I do think, you know, what I if roles were reversed, could I handle that? Absolutely not. Such a good Absolutely point. Not. Yeah. 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 There's no way. But it's just another one of those things where it's, that's their marriage. And it, would it work out for me? Nope. Yeah. But does it work for them? Maybe. I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, the other interesting thing about them, too, is so a lot of people were saying, like, well, you know, whose business is this? And why are you sharing this? And she is the one who wanted to share it. She yeah. says um, she says she is painfully shy, but she feels very empowered being a sex worker. Nevada is the only state where prostitution is legal, specifically in brothels. Um, they met in law school a few years ago. They see prostitution as any other job, one where consent is required and that she has a right to say yes or no to a client. Um, she made $55,000 in three weeks. Yeah. He's, he's, he does not have a problem. It is taking <laughs> care of their lifestyle, their bills, their child's college. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So she says um, she wants to end the judgment about sex workers um, and she wants to find a way for Iowa to also legalize prostitution, which I just don't see that ever happening in Iowa. No, I think Never, we're ever, definitely ever. way too um, Midwestern and old old school old fashion in that sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That would never um, happen. Okay, so you lived in Nevada for a time. Yes. All right, so tell me about that. Yeah, I have um, family out there, and, you know, I was 18, and I was finished with high school, and I thought, you know, well, let's just try, this is my time to try something new, and I went out there, and um, it was a nice time, it was a good experience, but you do get homesick, even mm -hmm. though you know, um, you want to make those changes and you're like, I'm out of the QC. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get homesick and you're like, Oh, I miss, you know, my mom and grandma at Christmas yeah. and just those old traditions. You, you miss it. You miss the comfort of driving by your old school. Um, you just miss those things. So I came back and it's just like a comforting thing. I can't leave now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nevada is a really, really cool area, and it's definitely full of people that just, the judgment is not as high okay. as it is here. So I can okay. definitely see how that, you know, things like that are more acceptable because I feel like people are more free-spirited. Okay. Um, you know, you got your burning man and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's just a big melting pot of cultures out there. Did you tour the bunny ranch? 
I did. Really? I did. Me. How, like, how did that come about? Uh, you know, me and my sister-in-law, I mean, gosh, we were 19 at this time. And we were on our way to Lake Tahoe um, in, like, more on the side where the Hard Rock Cafe is and toward hitting more into the California side. Okay. So... I don't even know how it happened, but we saw it on our way there. We took some crazy route and yeah. uh, she goes, hey, that's the bunny ranch. Let, let, let's go check it out. Oh sure. You know, we're 19. Like, is it like walk-ins welcome sort of a yes, situation? Really? Absolutely. There's like a little gift shop. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> um, I forget what I bought. I want to say maybe like a keychain or something. You have you to know? buy something. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There. Yeah. You have to. We had to. And... Oh, it was such an experience, you know, and th- we were, we simply told them, we just, we just want to check this out. Yeah. I've seen it on Oprah. <laughs> I did. And, um, <laughs> so the, they, the lady running it rang a bell and li- ladies stopped. Apparently everything they were doing lined up and you kind of just, so I'm assuming if you're looking for a service, you just pick. Wait, so she rings a bell yes. to say, like, there are people here. Yes. And okay. they come out of their rooms or whatever okay. they are doing, whoever's not with the client, and they yeah. just come to the front. Okay, so what are they wearing when they come to the front? Uh, just, um, it, it's very presentable. Okay. Um, you know, not like a full outfit, but, you know, not their undergarments either. Okay. It's just, it had like, you know, like a lace wrap over, um, pretty subtle. Okay. Um, you know, and I think we just... We picked the girl that just looked really nice. I think. Wait, oh, so you picked somebody? We did. We picked somebody <laughs> to give us a tour. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> how did you pick? How did you pick your girl? That we are going way off on a tangent, but I'm I'm, yes, I'm in now. I'm I, in now. I how did you pick the her? Same girl that I saw at Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. She looked really nice and sweet, yeah. and so we picked. What her was her name? I, you know, okay. I really did. They go by like real her. names, or did they have so like 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 actress names? You know what I mean? Was it like truly? I really okay. wish I could remember. And but I mean, her know, name's a lot like Janet. <laughs> you know, and I think in that profession, I feel like it's not um, like a dancer's name. It it would have to be more. Okay. I don't think you know. So just Cherry's like yeah. going to be walking you around. Okay. I feel like that'd be a little <laughs> odd, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, so you pick your gal. Yeah, and she just, she was super nice, and we were very upfront with, we just want a tour, and she was like, yeah, sure, and she toured us around and showed us her room, and it was gorgeous. She had a king-size bed in there, and she said that some, it depends on how good you, like, were as far as your clientele base. Oh, you know, okay. If you, if you have a lot of clients, <laughs> yeah. you have a jacuzzi in there, you have a TV, it was gorgeous in there. Wow. Yes, and... um there's like an adult shop that you can purchase things um, like right there in her room moment kind of like in the hall okay towards the room it, it really looks like a miniature hotel okay because it looks more like a trailer park on the outside if you ask me but it's really? like all connected yes and there's even a clinic there there's a clinic and they test <laughs> yep they get tested <laughs> um yeah so there is definitely a clinic and everything and it's it, it's just it's interesting. Was it a free tour? Did you have to pay? Did you have to like tip her or anything? So we were 19 and I do feel bad about this now to the very day. We did not leave her a tip. Oh, okay. yeah. It, you're right. That's something I would have done at 19 know. too. Yeah. We didn't know the yeah. etiquette. <laughs> the money ranch etiquette. But I mean, I bought something for the souvenir shop, but okay. still, you did she your totally part. deserved a good tip and I wish I would have. Um, so, oh girl at the bunny ranch, so sorry, you know. <laughs> that was a good 10 years ago, but... <laughs> wow. Well, that is like, that's got to be like on top five on your list of random experiences. It was definitely random, but it's just so far in the back of my head now because yeah. it's such a, you know, I'm not 19 anymore mm-hmm. and, you know, mom life and, um, it, yeah, I kind of just, for, you forget those things until yeah. you kind of see an article and you're like... Oh, yeah. And I kind of get to put a visual together of, you know, it's kind of a normal day for them. But right. their job is just a little extra than yeah. others. <laughs> so, like, did you see any other client or not cl- like like uh, customers there? I want to say that there was a couple just there was like a bar in the foyer. Uh-huh. So the foyer is um, got like a nice lounge area <laughs> and like a bar. And there was some okay. guys sitting at the bar. But other than that, no, it okay. seems more like they probably, you know, can hang out there mm-hmm. um, and then you kind of go to the ladies 
room and I don't know, spas. <laughs> <laughs> wow. God, that's great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's your night job is touring the Bunny Ranch. Your day job. Ah! <laughs> when I was 19. <laughs> your day job is spending a lot of time in people's closets. Yes. Okay, so yes. I, I know how it went from my perspective, but I want to hear it from your perspective, how you came to contact me. So I just based off of my business, I um, have my Instagram account that I've been kind of running and I really just try and friend a lot of locals. Um, it's just best to have local friends. It's more of an authentic base than people you don't know. So, you know, going through lines of people, you were on my list and of friends on my Instagram. And so, you know, you have that stories option. I'm just clicking through stories one day and I stop. And I'm like, oh, this is getting good. <laughs> oh my God, no. Okay, oh, so the story you're watching, your story you're watching is my case of the missing beauty blender. Yes. This is when Abram like took off with my beauty blender for the 87th time. And I posted like a seven part Instagram series about my anger over the misplaced beauty blender and um, the desperate search for it. So go on. Okay, so you're watching yes. this ridiculous turn of events. Okay, so <laughs> just because, just because of the business that I do and what I'm interested in, my eyes cannot see clearly <laughs> on the story because all I can focus on is the mismatch hangers and then the discoloration of mm -hmm. color coding. So because I, I yeah, so I took that video <laughs> in my closet. So I have yes. a really big master closet because it's over our garage, and so I have like this big desk and vanity area. And so I was doing the hunt in this closet area. And so in the background, you see, you see some real life stuff back there. Yes. So that was kind of my thought is, oh my gosh, she has this gorgeous potential closet, <laughs> but why the mismatch <laughs> hangers and the metal and the plastic? And, yeah. you know, you can see that from the video and other people don't care, but I care. You zeroed yeah, in. I care. I zeroed in and I finished your story yeah. and I was like, this is great. You know, I had a good laugh out loud, literally. <laughs> And then I was like, you know, I'm just going to go for it. She might think I'm completely nutso and a creep, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to message her. And so, yeah, I sent you a message yeah. and you were very receptive and really nice right away. And, you know, I just thought, hey, can I help you? Yes. And it's <laughs> clear that I did closet. need a lot of help. I do need a lot of help. So I would say, all right. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it. I want to know your first impression of walking into my closet because I, I really did not clean up or try to like change anything like for your benefit. So when you <laughs> came in for the first time and I'm not going to have my feelings hurt, just tell me what you thought when you walked in. Okay. Truly, you know, and I feel like I might have um, more feelings towards when we did the edit. Um <laughs> But first impression, honestly, was this is a beautifully large closet. Yeah. Very spacious, so much potential. Mm -hmm. And my eyes, like, I immediately got excited. Okay. I immediately was like, this is going to be great. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of, this is a really good, I love a challenge. There's okay. nothing more boring than going in and doing a closet that's already, like, pretty much halfway done. Yeah. You know, they've already got the right hangers. It's, it's, it's halfway there. Okay. You know? That's my job. I'll do it. But I love a challenge. Yeah. I love the mismatch hangers. I love the shirts with the dresses. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So walk people through like what a, what a closet service is like. So you arrive and you check things out. And what's the first thing that you will do? So it just depends on the service um, that they select. Um, one of my most popular is the package deal where we do an edit and then organize the closet it's so important to just do that because we might be organizing things that won't be beneficial to you and okay. won't 100% grasp the concept, but just doing an organize is good for the person that's already really good at saying no to things, saying okay. goodbye. Um, but majority of my clients are kind of having trouble with both. Yeah. So an edit just simply is evaluating piece by piece. What's in your wardrobe, what brings you happiness, what fits? What needs to be tailored? Um, are you ever going to wear this? Have you worn it recently? Is it up to date? Is it heavily worn? Mm -hmm. um, 
things of that sort. And then once we kind of move on to there, or even as much as how many 10 black shirts do you need? Yeah. We don't need 10. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, go halvesies, um, things of that sort. Um, and then we go into organizing. Uh, and then that's where we've already discussed what's actually going to be staying in this closet. Yeah. Okay, so let's go over the edit really quick. Yeah. So um, one, I, I really appreciated your editing services for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, you pointed out all of the things that like, you know, like it's okay if I've loved them in the past, but now the neckline is a little frayed or how many photos have you taken in this same yeah. top? And so, um, so I think that you helped me go like, it's okay if this one has lived its life. Mm-hmm. Like this one, this one has been a dear friend and it can go into the, into the new brave new world of the donation box. Yes. Yes. So I really liked that. Um, the other thing that I really liked from the edit is, so I would sit there and I would hold something up and you, <laughs> you would pause, you would pause and you wouldn't react. And then I would kind of look over at you and you would just subtly just like, shake her head. And I was like, okay, all right, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So I liked, I liked that you were very non-judgmental and that if I would have said, I love this piece, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have made me get rid of it. As long as I firmly said like, no, I love this and I do wear it. Yeah. You're not like ripping clothing out of my fingers. No, no. And I feel like that's, (laughs) you know, I don't want to be mean yeah yeah and it it can be definitely a very touchy subject when you go into somebody's closet that is their personal space yeah um and some people feel judged right away you know you're Mm -hmm. looking at my clothes i don't know why but it's such a judgment thing um so yeah i just and i also like to in the beginning and i don't know if you notice this but in the beginning i'm giving a little bit more input on the things Mm -hmm. if we're saying yes or no and then i try to back up and make sure you know how to do these skills yourself. Sure. You know, um, yes, this is a business for me, but at the same time, I also want to make my client figure out how to do these things on their own at mm-hmm. some point. Um, so there's a little bit of that. And then uh, there were times where you're like, yes, I want to keep this so much. And then I was just ask you a couple questions just to confirm mm-hmm. we are keeping this. You know, I would ask, um, does it fit you good, though? And you, yes, yes, if it's great. And I'm like, okay, you know, you love yeah. it. If it's great, it may not be my thing, but I'm not dressing me. I'm dressing right. you. Right. These are your clothes. So, so you definitely work with the person's own taste. Yes. You're not there trying to create a bunch of mini Stephanie's walking around. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, not everybody has the same taste. <laughs> okay. So tell everybody that some of the stuff that we threw out, we threw out a lot of stuff because you asked me, like, you would say, um, does, like d- like you said, does this even fit you? And there were a lot of things that you were like, I don't think this does anything for you. And I wasn't yes. even wearing it. You just took like one look at me and one look at the clothes and you were like, there, there's no way this does anything for you. Well, some of it was the maternity clothing. <laughs> I was just, girl, what, what, what is going on? And I was like, this was my 20-week stash. My 20-week yes. stash, yeah. Yes, which is, which is fine. Yeah. Um, you know, it gets busy after you have a child and you think nothing about clothes. (laughs) Um, but yeah. The other thing I had a lot of was, um, like things that had memories attached to them, which is very common. Okay. Yeah. 100% common. You know, it could be something as simple as, you know, this was my favorite go-to shirt that I always wore on a sad day. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, well, it, it's definitely lived its sad days. Yes. Let's go grab a new one, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or let's transition to another one. You know, yeah. there's definitely a lot of feelings with clothes. Yeah. So, like, and I had some sweatshirts that I could tell you which boy that I stole from yes. in the year 2001. Yes, and that was so funny to me. Um Maybe just funny because I got rid of, when I got out of high school, bye. Really? I threw that stuff so far. Okay. And so (laughs) I need to tell you guys, Stephanie brought me a candle today and the, the candle scent is called stolen hoodie says never giving this back. Sorry, not sorry. Cologne, cedar, chill mode. And it smells, it smells like a boy. It smells like. When you were 16 and you stole your boyfriend's sweatshirt and it smelled like him. Exactly. You know? 
the memories for you. So 100%. to be cl- to be clear, I've been married for eight years, and I do not I do not have anything attached to this stolen hoodie <laughs> other than that it says two thousand one on it. And I bet you the guy whose it is would still to this day want it back. Well, I'm quite certain you had a couple of your husbands also that <laughs> I you did. refused I did. to give yes. him. <laughs> I refused to give up those also, yes. His old muscatine muskies sweatshirt. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I think you were deciding between two, even. <laughs> one was more yeah. crisp and one was more warm. <laughs> she had two, everybody. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, by the time you were done, I had some piles. I had some piles to donate, like, that we, yes. we did some damage. Yes, yes. We did some and real damage. Yeah, and I dropped them off for you to Goodwill, and it was two heaping boxes. Yeah. So yeah. I know they were heavy. I carried them, <laughs> and it, one was spilling <laughs> over in my car. So you oh, did so no. good. No, that's amazing. No, you did amazing. It Honestly, it was, um, I love to throw things out. It makes me feel really good. Um, I love just like, being done. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like just having it out of my life. And yet I let all that stuff pile up at the same time. Yeah. Which is very, very common. Cause it's, uh, so think of it as, um, we all love a clean house. Mm-hmm. We love a clean house, but do we have the time? Do we have, do we really want to do that when we have free time? Is that what we want to be doing? No. no. And that's why, you know, people hire to house cleaners. Yes. Um, why people go out to eat. So these closet things, I think a lot of people don't realize that there are people that will do that for you. Yeah. It's it's just the same service. Yeah. It's an extra service and it's so beneficial. It makes your life easier and you didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> okay. So now we've gotten rid of all the stuff. What's the yeah. next step in the process? I'm just going to sniff this candle for a while. <laughs> okay. So I'm all the stuff it. is out. All the stuff is out. And the next thing you do is what? All right. So then we assess hangers. If my go-to hanger is just a simple velvet hanger, I let the client pick whatever color they feel is um, going to work for their closet. What's the fuss over these velvet hangers? I feel like they're very like in style at the moment. Like what's the big deal? You know, I don't feel like it's an in style thing. You know, I personally have had mine in my closet for at least, I want to say a good seven years. Okay. So, but like when and where did everyone decide that velvet (laughs) hangers were the thing? Because I grew up with the, with the plastic tubing ones and you could get them in plain colors or at a variety multi-pack. I had many, many, many variety multi-packs as you saw in my closet. (laughs) So like when, like when did everyone switch over? When did this happen and how did the world pass me by? (laughs) Um, well, for me, I'm just a big shopper, obviously. And (laughs) I saw these velvet hangers hit the market and I knew I needed them. I wanted them, bought them, obviously, and replaced them in my closet personally. And I just noticed the big difference. Yeah. The, it just looked so aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. Everything was uniform, one color, and it, helps your eyes focus on the color of the clothing rather than the color on the hanger mixed with the clothing item. It's crazy to me how distracting it is now it that is. now that I have all the black velvet hangers. Now yeah. I, I see nothing but the clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, they come in different colors, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily need to be the black ones either. Um, but not only that, they take up those big plastic ones, take up about two to three extra pieces where these black ones are so slim. Yeah. And I just definitely feel like the clothes don't slide off of them. It just holds really nicely and it glides on the racks. Mm -hmm. Well, I just love them. Yeah. Well, they look, (laughs) they look so beautiful. So you, you switch out all the hangers. What's um, another important part of an organization session? So once we have all the hangers taken care of, while I'm reassessing the hangers, I start hanging them color cording so you know you have red orange yellow green blue purples Mm -hmm. and then i like to put like whites and blacks at the end but as i mentioned to you you're more than welcome to put your whites and blacks in the front up to you sure um so i start doing that and then i categorize everything you know you want your winter jackets you want your blazers um daytime jackets and completely separate but next to each other just categories likewise, and then work your way down. You got your tank top, short sleeves, long sleeves, your dresses, um, dresses with short sleeves, dresses with long sleeves. And then you had a lot of pattern dresses. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Um, those get really tricky when you're trying to color coordinate them. So with a lot of pattern items, I like to just group them in one yep. and then do the best I can with color coordinating even that section and all the way down to the shoes. Um, yeah, when you were color coordinating my shoes, like that was when my jaw really dropped. I was like, this girl's <laughs> committed to the color coding. <laughs> but really, okay, so the, the one thing that you said to me that stuck was like, this is where you get dressed. Like this is supposed to be pretty. Like, yeah. like this is not this is not like a, a laundry room utility closet. Like mm -hmm. this, you're supposed to feel pretty in here. Yeah, well, and especially for you because you do your makeup in there and you definitely have a nice like chill atmosphere in there. So it totally makes sense for, you know, someone to want to have a nice aesthetically pleasing closet as mm -hmm. well. But even just for the average person, um, even if it's just your husband with work clothes, it really does give an extra, but not even just look wise. I feel as if you can gravitate towards what you're looking for much faster. Yes. You can see it. You can pinpoint it. You can create outfits like in a second. Mm -hmm. And based off the edit, you already know you're going to wear those things. Yeah. Because we've already discussed. You like it. You're going to wear it. Um, so it just makes everything really easy once it's all organized to throw an outfit together. And so are you a believer in like the one in one out policy? So if I were to go shopping and I buy five dresses, is it important do you think to move five dresses to a happier home? Yes, absolutely. And that is something I've done before this business, before thinking of this business. Is yeah. I go through my closet at least twice, every, every two months. I want to say every two months. Really? I go through my closet. Yes. And if something, well, I'm also a big shopper. Yeah. So <laughs> I do accumulate a little bit. Um, so there are things, yeah, they'll still have tags, but that doesn't mean I need to keep them. Yeah. It means I bought them for whatever reason and there just wasn't an opportunity for yeah. it. And somebody else can take that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, and especially like around transition of seasons, um, look through your closet before you go shopping. If you don't get to do that first, go shopping, do your thing, but come home, reassess your closet, then add those pieces in. Because what happens is those old pieces just keep getting shoved yeah. and then your closet gets full. And then you feel like, you, why do I have nothing to wear, but I have such a big closet? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I felt a lot of the time. Yeah. Whereas, look at all of these things, so why don't I want to wear any of them? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing um, that you told me was don't save anything for an occasion mm -hmm. because you're going to buy something new for said occasion. There's no yeah. like the the perfect opportunity is not waiting to wear this dress. No, absolutely not. And I think. I've just learned that myself mm -hmm. truly, you know, the hard way. So, um, it's definitely not a, a hypocritical point. Yeah. It's lived. Yeah. Um, I've definitely bought dresses before. Oh, Hey, it's $20. Yeah. I'm going to wear that probably to, um, this party next year. Next year's party rolls around. Hey, maybe I lost or gained five pounds, 10 pounds. It doesn't fit. Or, no, I don't even like that anymore. Why uh -huh. would I buy that? I don't uh -huh. want to wear that color. There's just so many things. Um, and we always want something new. Yeah. And I think what I like too uh, about what I was talking about earlier with the Marie Kondo is the idea of like forgiving yourself for having wasted that $30 yes. and just like moving past it. Yeah. And you, you know, definitely you have really a little do. judgment there on yourself. Yeah, you know? I was. Like, Look at all that wasted money. And I, I said, know. yes, but how long have you had these items? And you definitely loved them. You wore them, you know, um, and that's definitely acceptable. I don't think that that's wasted money whatsoever. I heard this really good tip um about a piece and it it states that whatever amount of money you spend on it it should last you that many wears i think oh. that applies to me i would apply that more to jeans or pants. okay so like 120 dollar jeans you should and wear them should 120, 120 times. wears yeah wow. not necessarily washes because you should not be washing your jeans people <laughs> every time <laughs> um but 120 wears you know for example yeah, yeah. So if you feel like you've lived it, then your money was well spent. Okay. Okay. There was definitely some in there that, that had See? lived. And it's okay lived. to let those things go. Just yeah. because you spent a lot of money on it does not mean you need to keep it. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I feel better about that. Good. <laughs> okay, so um, the other thing that's part of your organization mm -hmm. is that you, I like that you don't try to bombard with too many organizational tools. Like, no. yes, you recommended a couple of bins for specific items, mm -hmm. but it wasn't just like, go out and buy 700 baskets, and then we're no. going to load up these baskets. That's not the goal here. Yeah, yeah. I definitely don't want people to spend money on things that they don't really need mm -hmm. or even to give them the opportunity to fill up things that they don't need. Yeah, there you go. So if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm suggesting, um, I first like to see what you have first and see if we can use those items before buying more. Yeah. Because I find that a lot, even with myself in my house, if I just reorganize something, I end up with more organizers to use than just going out and buying one. Mm -hmm. Um, just by moving things around. But yeah, if I'm telling you to get a, all these bins and we're going to put just this and just this and just this here, it, it just gives more opportunity to add extra stuff or mm -hmm. to not be seen. Yeah. And so a couple of times I was like, you know, I'm going to put this organizer here and that's going to have a better use here and it's going to free up this space in the closet. So we were able to do that a couple of times yes, too. Yes, yes, we we did really well because you definitely had a lot of organizers, which is great. You were you were organized, but the efficiency of the organizers was yeah. held at the potential. Yeah. So we definitely we got a yeah. lot of a lot of organizers yeah. actually an entire bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, which is still in that hallway, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I um I, I think I think the most important thing that you did for me is not the organizing the, of the clothes. Like that's mm -hmm. great and all. Yeah. But like what you did was restore some order and like some peace in a, in kind of a chaotic place in my house, because that's the place where I have five minutes to get dressed and I better come up with something that fits and looks cute like right now. Yes. And so like, that's a huge part of my day, even though it's five minutes. It can like, turn into almost yes, 30. Yes, it can. <laughs> and so like, late. so I mean, really what you're doing is you're bringing like this, this overall aura of like peace and calm mm -hmm. into a chaotic part of our day. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, and that's how I started this too, is it, it definitely benefits me even. Mm -hmm. I love that feeling of passing something to somebody and it brings me joy to do it, but it also brings them joy. Yeah. You know, I might not be healing somebody, but <laughs> it's kind of the same concept. I'm, I'm healing their day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making it easier. Well, cleaning and a clean closet is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. So, um, you started this business and, um, I admire anyone who starts a business cause it terrifies me. Like the idea of like starting at square one is so, so scary for me. But then, um, you started telling me a little bit more about why you started the business and I kind of called it your, your second act, if you will. So can you, can you give me an idea of like what, um, like what was the motivation going into it and like what was your like life circumstances at the time? So I was actually a dental assistant um, and it wasn't, it was just a, you clock in, you clock out yeah. for me. Um, it wasn't a passion for me anymore. I went back to it after I had, um, so before I had my son, I, that's what I did. I was a dental assistant yeah. and then I had him, stayed home. And ended up working at Von Mar for a couple of years. And I loved it. I loved being there. I loved helping everyone. I loved putting, I worked in the shoe department. So I learned a lot about shoes and um, gained a lot of knowledge there. It's just, it, you were working the retail hours though. Mm, so it gets yeah. very tricky. And my son started school. Um, so... I needed to go back to dental assisting and I sadly had to say goodbye, um, went back to dental assisting and it was just very routine. It wasn't interesting to me. I still found myself w trying to figure out what I wanted to do that made me happy because yeah. this wasn't it. It just wasn't it for me. Um, and it, it's definitely one of those things where you're just constantly thinking, oh, I don't know what job to go to. I don't know what to apply for. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it, it took the event of, um, was it the day before Easter? I found out my brother passed and it just was very eye opening to me that life is so short mm -hmm. and what do I truly want to do? What do I want to be doing? And my brother, um, his name was Stevie. He, always just lived in the moment. He lived in the moment. He did things he enjoyed. Um, and 
I just really wanted to do that. And my dad was an entrepreneur. My brother was an entrepreneur. So it really motivated me that I can do this too. Mm -hmm. Whatever this is, I can just do it myself. I don't need to go and apply for a job. I can make this. So what do I like to do? What am I good at? And I'm like, I love to shop. But nobody wants to just go (laughs) shopping with somebody. And then I said, wait, I've done organizings for people in the past, but never thought of it as a actual business. I was just asked. I was asked to um, help people find a wedding dress. Um, Well, dresses to wear as attendance to the wedding. Um, I was just asked to do those things. And of course I would, but I was definitely a go-to for those things. And oh my gosh, I could be organizing people's closets. I could be styling them for these events or a new wardrobe or body after baby. I could be helping these people do all these things. And why did I not realize this was an actual thing? Yeah. And I, I already had my style Instagram all put together from a couple of years ago, just because I like to buy really cool outfits, but I never got to wear them. So I just showcased them on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so I flipped it around and turned it into my business page. And, um, just titled it simply Stephanie because I like to live life as simple as possible and make things simple in your closet, simple in your life. And that was it. And it's what I enjoy. It's what I love doing. I can relate to it. And I feel if you can relate and enjoy your job, you're going to be good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely scary though, too. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Definitely. I was terrified to start this podcast. Yes. Yes. So when you reached out to me, it was sort of like, you know what? You're on this new venture. I'm on this new venture. Like, let's support each other. Yeah. And I love that because there's been so many um, people even just going into my business where I reach out and I say, hey, would you mind if I just kind of asked you a couple questions? Yeah. And they immediately, they've seen it. They don't respond. Really? Well, you know, they, 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 they got like 15,000 followers and they're a big deal. They don't have time for us little fish. Yeah. So... Yeah, that that would be the most hard part. But there's um, a lady in the area. Her name's Mandy, and she's been such a wonderful mentor. Oh, cool. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And she does the same thing, and it's been great. You know, she doesn't look at me like competition, just very, girl, you got this. You can do it. I've been there. You just keep pushing. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I just thought it was the sweetest thing in the entire world. And I hope I can help somebody else later in that aspect. You know, there's enough room for everybody. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. Yeah. So, and the reason earlier I called it your second act of sorts is because you had stayed home for a little while Mm -hmm. um, when your son was young. And that was something that was a little unexpected for you. You hadn't really planned on that. How did that, how did that come about? You know, I truly thought I was going to go back to work right away. Um, But, you know, you go, you know, what is it? Your your kid has a a monthly visit every month to the doctor Mm -hmm. as they grow. You answer these growing um, questions. You know, is your kid doing this? Your kid doing that? And it was all going great. You know, I'd always be like, I'd come home to my husband. Oh, he did great. He scored great. Flying colors. And then there became a point. Um around one and a half where things started not scoring quite as high, but I didn't think anything of it. You know, sure. I just kind of, ah, you know, he's just, he'll get there. Um, a lot of people were commenting. Um, he doesn't talk yet. He doesn't say mom, dad, no, yes. Doesn't say anything. I said, no, you know, my brother didn't talk apparently until he was three is what my mom said. So I thought nothing of it. Sure. Um, and, uh, he liked to run around a lot. Uh, he, thing he just didn't like to sit still there was a lot of meltdowns all the time but as being a first-time parent you think nothing of it um sure and the doctor one day at a checkup he said oh he's still not talking he's like he's not making eye contact with me either when I talk to him he's over here running around opening up my cupboards he's one and a half almost two at this point and uh he said I'd like to get him tested for autism I've heard of, I've heard of autism. I didn't 100% know what it was. And I just stared at him. I was so confused. Um, you know, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. And he wanted to send us to get tested right away. 
he um, put in a referral to have him tested for autism. And I went home that day and I kind of read, well, what is autism? I I don't want to sound a a certain way, but I just never been around anybody. Um, I'm from a very small family. I mean, there wasn't even a baby in my family. I had no idea how to change a diaper. My first diaper was my son's, you know, so these are just things I didn't know. And that going in, it's just sad that I didn't know, honestly. And so I always like to share these things with everybody um, because there does need to be more awareness on these subjects. And I just knew in my heart that I didn't want to take him to get tested. I did not want him to be thrown in a category. I felt he was not autistic. It was my mother's, my mom intuition. He was not autistic. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a Facebook post and somebody reached out and said, there is early learning intervention and it's therapies. They come to your house. They assess what your child needs and he gets therapy. So I, at that point, did not go for the testing. I had these, um, the early intervention come and they assessed that he needed occupational therapy and speech therapy. So I had to make my schedule free because my husband was, you know, he's our, he pays the bills and he majority takes care of us. So it wouldn't be practical for him to leave his job. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't go back to work again um, so I could stay home so my son could get these therapies. It was absolutely amazing that they came to the house, however. That's v- so amazing. Um, but occupational would come twice a week, speech once a week. So that's three therapies in one week. Yeah. You want to you wanna be there. But also, nobody is going to be able to help him like me and this therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, the daycares have so many kids and he's high sensory. He's high, you know, all these noises. He would not do well. He needs way more attention, more hands on. Um, he could barely put a puzzle together. He just wouldn't do it. He would pick up this puzzle and just throw it. He'd pick up the piece and throw it. Um, so I knew daycare was so out of the option. Um, so I, yeah, I had to stay home and make sure he went through these therapies so let's, I want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. So you were, um, you didn't want to get him tested because you were afraid he was right. going to be put in a category. Yes, Can you elaborate 100%. on that a little bit? I felt like it was way too early. Mm-hmm. It was too early to be tested. I mean, he wasn't even quite two yet in my, I just, I didn't see it as being needed sure. yet. Um, and thank goodness early intervention definitely agreed with me and, um, of course, they agree with whatever the mom feels is best in, mm-hmm. for the kid. But we did the testing a year later okay. after the therapy. Okay. Yes. And that I was much happier with because there wasn't going to be this on his on his record when it wasn't yeah. needed. Yeah. So you felt like it was just going to follow him forever yeah. and then everything was going to be tailored to I him in a to way. I labeled. Sure. Labeling is so easy now. Yeah. There's just a label for everything and I just didn't want it. Sure. Um, if it wasn't necessary. Yeah. So, I mean, it, cause if it, the occupational therapist had showed up at your house and said, look, you've got to go a different yes. direction. Yes. Of course you would have listened to 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was full on board and, um, you know, the therapists even, they were so happy with me being on board for what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. They had to be, you know, the occupational therapist had to be a little bit more firm because he would have tantrums. He hit her in the face twice because he did not want to do something. Mm -hmm. So there was times where I just had to walk out and trust her. You're the professional. Please, you know, do what you need to do. And some, apparently, you know, some parents just, um, they have a hard time seeing their child need to do something, need that hand over hand. No, you're going to do this or you are going to sit in timeout. And I, if I have to sit here and hold you in timeout, I will, but you will sit here. Mm -hmm. It's all about, there's a lot of extra discipline that needs done. And that's kind of like what we had to do. Okay. A lot of, um, was just because things just weren't clicking for him. He couldn't understand these things you know we had to work on making eye contact when he gets upset look in my eyes this is what's going on talk softly slowly it's just like a whole different whole different way Mm -hmm. 
So after a year, what changes did you notice? After a year, and I just loved the therapist, uh, the therapist that he had. And she would always encourage, look, he, he's doing this now. He's doing that now. Look, he, did, he wasn't doing that even four months ago. Um, so it was the eye contact. It was, he was actually talking. He was making animal noises. You know, it didn't help that he was definitely taller than other kids his age. So uh, people would go and talk to him and he couldn't give them the full sentence. Maybe another kid at his age looked even. Sure, sure. <laughs> so that was always tricky. And I'm like, oh, you know, he's just a late talker. But the fact that I was seeing progress was everything to me. Yeah. Seeing him talk, seeing him um, actually put a puzzle together, um, just not having so many meltdowns. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it did take us several years on the high sensory meltdowns. Um, he, we didn't start going to movies until last year, which okay. was at the age of four. Um, where others were taking their kids at like three and two yeah. to Disney movies. Um, so yeah, right away, definitely noticed he was starting to talk more. He was starting to, um, I mean, even, but even now things that are motor skills that he doesn't like riding a bike. So okay. there are definitely still challenges for him, but I'd noticed he was making progress yeah. and nothing's better than seeing progress. You know, right. you're on the right track. And I knew I was doing the right thing by staying home. So what were the, t what were the test results then after that year? What did, what was the prognosis, yeah. I guess? Yeah, so I was so, and that's where it confirmed to me that I'm so glad that I waited because then he didn't test as autistic. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, and going back to that a little bit, I feared that if we tested him right away too and they said, oh, he's autistic, they could have wanted us to do these services we can't afford. A lot of those are not covered by mm -hmm. health insurance and that's just not something that was in it for us um of course we would have done everything we could right but if there was another option that was you know an early intervention was a free program wow i didn't know that yes yeah um and uh so that was better for yeah. us well and certainly you're not suggesting people don't get tested absolutely I, not. what you're what yeah. you're saying is Trust your gut. Trust your gut. Know your kid. Yes. And if I felt like you're you're right, you know, let let I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. Yes. Um, you know, as a mom, you just feel it. You mm -hmm. you know. But the, I mean, that's not to say I couldn't have called him a, a couple weeks later. It wasn't a a life or death situation. Right. Right. You know, right. he wasn't sick. <laughs> So, but I think we've all been there in a situation where the doctor is telling us something that we uh -huh. don't agree with. You know, I mean, I feel like I've been told things that I didn't. And to be clear, I have no medical training, but, right. yeah. but I've had conversations regarding ear infections with doctors yes. that just didn't sound right to me. And you're yes. sitting there, you're questioning yourself because you're like, well, excuse me, Miss Lady, like you don't know anything. You didn't go to medical school. Like you don't have an MD on your title. So how, like, why are you questioning this doctor about ear infections when you don't know what you're talking about? But then again, it's like, I knew what he was saying wasn't applicable to my child. And I realize I'm being vague, but but yeah, it, we've all been there though, where we, where we thought this doesn't sound quite right. Yeah. And then you don't trust your gut because you doubt yourself because you're not a medical professional. Right. And I mean, the doctor was definitely doing his job. Yeah, um, of course. And, and that was his job to point out and say, you know, let's go get tested. But it was, um, to me, it was just, I want to figure out a second option first. Yeah. Um, you know, it's no different than someone going to a doctor and saying, Hey, you have this condition. You're like, um, I would like a second opinion. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's very much the same. Yeah. Um, so yes. Yeah, so when we, we took him up to Chicago, we got this testing and they said that at that point he was just speech delayed and, um, the sensory was a little bit high and, um, he just needs to keep receiving occupational therapy as well, which, um, occupational therapy is just, uh, Working a lot with textures, working with um, the way things feel, the way things sound, um, okay. dealing with commotion, dealing with um, moving, just everything. Yeah. 
um, day-to-day things. Um, and then, you know, your speech as they're working on him using words sounding clear and um, how to, a big one for us was to get him to talk about his day. Um, so they help with that. Yeah. Um, so at this point, so he just started kindergarten. So yeah. is he's thriving in school? Yeah. Even well, without the toys? <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, and after the the early intervention therapy, those end when they turn three. Okay. So he got accepted to go to an early learning preschool. And it was just kind of, it all just blossomed from there. Yeah. Just completely took off. He received more therapy more therapies that he needed there, um, smaller class sizes. There was eight kids. And if it was not for the early intervention, if it was not for um, the early learning school that he went to, he would not be doing good at kindergarten yeah. at all, at all. And nothing, you know, even though I had to put, I, I think as a parent, we find ourselves having to do this, is putting our life on hold to give their life life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, sure, I had to set myself back a little bit, but nothing is better than seeing him happy and thriving Absolutely. and just living a normal life. I mean, he might have these therapies maybe forever, but you know what? He can actually have a conversation with another kid, mm-hmm. and um, it just kind of goes back to me saying that there needs to be more awareness. Yeah. Had I have known even earlier, it could have even been, it could have been, who knows, he could have maybe not have had so much trouble for so long if we would have, if there would have been more awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a first time mom, sometimes um, we just kind of miss those signs. Yeah. We don't know. And like I said, I wasn't around little kids. Yeah. So I had no idea. So um, yeah. Well, I'm so glad he's liking school so far. I know. (laughs) Yes. And in some weird way, do do you ever think about this where, um, it's almost like his reset led to your reset in some like long line of chain of events. You know what I mean? Where would you have this business if you didn't have to pause and reset and think about where your life was going to go? You know, know? and I like that. Actually, I've never, you know, I never really thought that, but I'm definitely a believer of, you know, everything happens for a reason and events happen in our life that make us think. Yeah. That make us, do I like what I'm doing? Do I, do I like where I'm at? Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, and um, pardon me if this is offensive, I feel like you're a little superstitious or like a little like, like you're very in tune to um, the world and the, you know, things, energy and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I'm not as far as... Because superstitious makes it sound like you don't like walk under ladders or something, but it's more than that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm definitely, I always think, because I mean, I'm still religious and I I always think, you know, there's, there's... um, God is greater than um, being walking, splitting paths on this pole. Right, you know? right. We're good. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to be fine. But it's just more of like a karma kind of thing. Do good, receive good, um, and just kind of put good energy out in the world and good energy will come to you. And I think that's just all about being a good person in yeah. general to me. So, <laughs> Tell people where they can find you and your business. Simply Stephanie. Yeah, I am on several different uh, online formats. You can find me on Instagram, Stephanie, sorry, Simply Stephanie Style, and Facebook, Simply Stephanie Style. And then I also have a website which has all of my services. Um, and then that is simplystephaniestyle.com. Awesome. So <laughs> what we're going to do is on Instagram and Facebook, I'm going to share my before and afters. Yeah. And so people are going to get to see your handiwork and <laughs> see how well it turned out and see really how, how simple it is to be living Simply Stephanie. okay so follow me on instagram as well it's denise at wqad and you can follow along with my various beauty blender investigation tales and um (laughs) gosh what stupid thing that i did the other day on instagram i can't even remember but yeah so i like to do silly stuff on my story so follow me follow simply stephanie style and try to simplify your life thanks so much for listening thank you for joining me today Thanks for listening to On a Mother Level from the Tribune Audio Network. Tribune Audio Network.